Saturday, October 16th, 2021, and we're still here. Still here? Still here. Um, before I get today's show started, I need to put something out there real quick um, for some of the people that, that you know follow me on social media and stuff uh, had seen that I have not been on there uh, for the uh, last two days. Um, I, I'm not going to get in a, lot, a whole lot of details. Uh, my sister was ill. And my sister passed away the day before yesterday. Um, so just want to say, you know, love to my family. Um, you know, much love to my sister, Dorinda Sue Parrish. Uh, I'm going to miss you. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, get all emotional here on, on the show and everything. You know, it's not what this show's for. But I just wanted to put that out there that that is the reason why I have not been on social media a whole lot lately uh, for the last two days. Uh, I've been, you know, dealing with that and with family and such and everything and, you know, especially my mom. And uh, so, yeah, been been a busy couple of days. Yeah. You know, a little rough. Yep. We're all sorry for your loss, man. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Best to the fam. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just we're going to move on. You know, I don't bring the show down to a screeching halt in the beginning. Uh, but I just want to put it out there, you know, just uh, to show my love and my respect for my sister. So. Anyways, moving on. Uh, today's show, we're going to be doing about men in black. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, a couple of guys in Jersey with track suits. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about, you know, the UFO kind of men in black. And, uh, you know, and, and we're not talking about a young black guy and an old white guy running around, you know, saving the universe. Uh, these men in black are dressed all in black, and they usually are not that friendly from all the different stories we've been reading no, and researching. No, no, it's sketched out. <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah, this is a uh, yeah, it, it's pretty creepy. And of course, you know, some of these have been deemed to possibly be a hoax. Here's the worst thing about it: some of these have been deemed to be a hoax. Right, the person came out, made the announcement, and then a couple of years later, they come out and they go. Yeah, it was a hoax. I, I I did it for a hoax or whatnot. Years go by. Then all of a sudden they come out again and go, actually, it wasn't a hoax. I was, you know, under duress. They forced me to say all that. So now people don't know. Was the guy lying, not lying, or, or what? You know? Well, that's why, like, a lot of these stories and stuff and all these things are, like, so confusing. Um yeah. How did one guy put it? Like, they uh, the truth was a lie, and then the lie was the truth, and the truth was a lie again. It's like, oh, it's like, it's like. It's like watching the news right now. Like, yeah. we don't know what's what anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's it just like, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, you can see the results of that here, there, and everywhere, especially yep. with all the crap going on in the world today. Like, it's pretty easy to get a good conspiracy theory and a Absolutely. good conspiracy out of it yes. when you don't actually know what the hell is true. Yes, <laughs> it's like, oh, hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, we, you know, and, and trust me, people in the paranormal field and people who do UFOlogy, uh, members of MUFON, 
um, they they all have had and heard stories of men in black, you know, and we actually have a story involving a celebrity that dealt with a situation with men in black. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah. Yep. D.A. Yep. OK. Yep. 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 So I got a story on that one, too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep. No. Um, I so I have to put this out there. Go I just it. recently experienced like my own type of Mandela effect. OK. Because there was this movie. All right. Starring Sinbad. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick, everybody out there. All right, Mandela Effect, I'm going to put this out there real fast. Roger, do it. Go. Okay, Mandela effect, uh, effect, what it is basically is where you see something, like say a book or a movie or whatnot, but you remember years ago when you may have read that book or that movie had a different ending or a different person or whatever the case may be, maybe a different spelling. Or it and, doesn't exist at all. Or it doesn't exist at all. <laughs> yeah. And and all of a sudden, it, it basically what it is is people believe this could be a possibility of someone who has actually time traveled and changed the timeline. Yeah. So, so like Berenstein Bears, they were known as Berenstein Bears. That's one of the most famous Mandela effects out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why it's termed Mandela effect is because for the longest time, including myself, I thought Man- Nelson Mandela had died like long time ago. Yeah. Long, long, long. Thought time he ago. died in prison. Yeah. Thought he died in prison. Not the case. No. And a lot of people are going, dude, I remember seeing a news article about him dying in prison. And no, he did not die in prison. And that's one. Of the, that's how that came to be, that they think that maybe somehow there is such a thing as time travel and somebody altered the timeline by just a hair, a fragment. Yeah, no, see, like, I'm, I'm 100% on board that this thing actually did happen. I found, mm-hmm. like, I went hunting on the Internet because, like, it was a whole thing in the house. Like, Oh, yeah. I, uh, Becky was watching a TikTok and like just going through things, and this popped up. I'm like, that that happened. That happened. I remember that happening. I've seen that. So <laughs> I seen it. Yeah, I seen it. But um, so the uh, it's a genie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, with yeah. Sinbad. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Came out in ninety. It came out in ninety four. Okay. Um, my personal theory is that like. It's erased from the internet because it looked bad on Sinbad, but whatever. Okay. Supposedly it didn't exist. It happened. I seen it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean it didn't exist? And there's like a bunch of people that say, hey, this movie never existed. It, oh, oh, I got you. Okay. It's not a thing. So You're we, thinking of, in our memory yeah. line, mem- remember it. Well, but, see, I there's two of them. Okay. There's one with Shaq. Yeah, I remember that And then that there's one, one with Sinbad. Sinbad. Yeah, I remember the one with Sinbad, too. Yeah. They both happened. Yeah. And apparently not. Apparently only the one with Shaq happened. Are you kidding me? So there's no Sinbad movie out there right now. Supposedly. Like, I, I've i seen, like, people have popped up with the movie cover. People have, like, popped yeah. up with a couple of clips from the movie. Like, I believe it happened. 100%. I do, too. I seen it. Yes, I do too. I don't know if I saw it, but I remember like the cover. I remember him being even on the front with his arms crossed and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, I remember, absolutely. I remember yeah. exactly what it looked I remember like. seeing advertisement for it in like Disney Channel. Yeah, and I remember like even his suit that he was wearing for the genie costume. I remember it was gold. But apparently it never existed. Sinbad said it never existed. All the producers are like, no ne- never happened. Um, Disney's like, no. And we had, so we have a living example right here of two of us. Yeah. Who have actually remembered this movie and according to Sinbad himself and the movie company and everything else, it never existed. And that's what they attribute the uh, reference to Men in Black about. A, man, a national Mandela effect, like people have seen this, people have witnessed this, and yeah. people have, you know, literally remember things, but it never happened. It was the rest from history, and therefore you are crazy. Cuckoo. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. there's a lot of like Dude, I remember the cover. Dude, it happened. It's blowing my mind. It I remember it happened. Yeah, I remember I, don't it care. Was, I remember seeing it on a VHS. It was a VHS yes. movie, all right? Yes. I remember that he was wearing a gold like, you know, costume, you know, the, the It was gold and purple, same yeah, sack. Yeah. Yes. It, it was the same thing. Yes, and I and obviously I'm not mixing up the two guys. No, I know no. the difference between Shaq and Sinbad. There's a huge yeah, difference a between huge, him. There's was, like six feet difference. Exactly, <laughs> and not only that, but I was a big fan of Sinbad too, and his comp, you know, his oh, comedy yeah. plus his, you know, on TV and everything Dude, growing up in the 80s. He was and everything. awesome back then. Yeah, like, so I know. I mean, I haven't seen him in a long time. But, that is you know. insane. Yeah, but apparently that never happened. Damn, I feel like my mind got erased by a Jedi. Yeah, it, it's this just, is not the movie you're looking for, right? It, it, that's that's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. No, I went on like a two-hour hunt for that. Not, I don't know if it was two hours. It well, felt like two think, hours. Just think when we had that episode and we were talking about the Mandela effect, and I brought up about uh, Curious George not having a tail, and you remembered him having a tail. He got a tail? Huh? He's got a tail. He does not have a tail. It's a monkey. He, if you look at me right now, look up Curious Shut George, up. he does not have a tail. I looked it up then, didn't I? Yes, you did. And I was right. He did not have a tail. That's bullcrap. <laughs> but see, but that's the point that we're getting at for our listening audience out there. There are people who remember these timelines differently. It's a monkey. How's a monkey going to not have a tail? I'm just saying. No, dude. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm. And it's like with Berenstein Bears. It was Berenstein at one time, and now it's Berenstein or vice yeah, versa. Yeah, I remember hearing it on TV, Berenstein, dog. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, how's he not? See what I mean? No, I'm done. Yep, told I you. Quit. Yep. See? The universe is now what you think. The Matrix is glitching. It, it's gl- glitching. Okay, our what? new word, glitching. glitching. I meant to say glitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's move on to Men in Black before we get our minds erased again. Hopefully, people will remember this show after it's over. <laughs> All right. So the first actual recorded incident with Men in Black was with Harold Dahl in June of 1947, uh, and Harold had seen. Uh, okay, Harold was a guy who went out on boats and he did like a uh, recovery and all that for, um, like you know from wrecks and all. Yeah, that salvage. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, doing salvage. I just got work. a job offer for that. <laughs> nice. So him and his uh, him and his son was out on a boat and they saw six UFOs right over the top of them. Okay. They were observing them. They were taking photographs the whole nine yards and it was over Puget Sound. Um, one of them, all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, broke up in the middle of the sky. The debris started falling, you know, all the scattering. It killed their dog, one of the pieces of debris. Bro. Yeah, uh, and the son got injured, uh, not, you know, severe, but he got injured in the process from some of the debris. Um, so when they took the photos and everything, he then took this to his supervisor as soon as he got back to shore, um, after making sure his son was okay and all that stuff. He took the photos to show them to his supervisor, Fred Chrisman, um, who was a military veteran, and he uh, he showed them, you know, or showed him the, the photographs and was going to have them analyzed to find out what the hell was he seeing out there, mm-hmm. him and his son. And long story short, all of a sudden, a gentleman, the very next day, <laughs> black suit, you know, he was like over six feet tall, very pale looking, uh, came in and he wanted to know where all the photographs were. And he said, you know, he, he told him, I actually worked for the government. I'm wanting to see these photographs. You know, I want to see what you had saw. And he says, matter of national security. So he broke out the the you know the the film to show him you know the the pictures and whatnot. And the guy literally ran his hand over the top of them, and they all fuzzed out all the pictures. 
And the guy turned around and told him, he said, you're going to forget everything you've seen here. And he's like, and, he, and we're not talking about like the, the TV, you know, movies, Men in Black, where they do the neuralizer and zap his brain, but like threatening him. You yeah. Know, saying you're going to forget. Oh, what that's you the saw best here. way to make people yeah, yeah. forget. <laughs> yeah. And, I was never here. Yeah. Now, the thing was, is there was other people in that area of Puget Sound who did report. They saw the same thing. They mm-hmm. saw the UFOs up there. All right. Um, there was people who said it was, you know, a flock of birds. You know, you know the typical yeah, they come the, out with, you know. The, the BS. Yeah, the typical stuff to cover it up or whatnot. And, uh, but this gentleman had gotten threatened by this guy. Um, there, had, there were neighbors who remember seeing the car with the guy pulling up at his house. Mm-hmm. So there was witnesses who said, yes, this, this guy did show up at his house. It happened. Yeah, it happened. They weren't in the home and a part of the conversation, but they did see the gentleman get out of the car. And so there was multiple witnesses on that as well. Um, so, of course, he decided to say, okay, well, you know what? I'm, I'm dropping it. I'm letting nope, it go. I'm out. The problem was his buddy Chris, you know, Fred, Fred Chrisman, decided not to. And went out there and started telling everybody what happened. He told him that that's how everybody found out about the story about the with the guy running his hand over the photographs and then fitting out was because Fred Chrisman knew about this from what, you know, uh, Harold had told him. And he was telling everybody about it. And this guy, he was a former military veteran for the United States Air Force. Um, Everybody believed he was very credible until he came out with his own story of during World War Two of being trapped in a cave and fighting off these evil entities. Yeah. So then people marked him up as cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, cuckoo. Yep. So the story eventually got dropped. And then a few years went by, and Harold came out, and he claimed that it was all a hoax. He said, you know, it was a hoax, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. few years after that, circle back around, he came out and said, I was under duress during that time when I told you it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. It really did happen. Mm-hmm. So, of course, since then, there has been much debate about whether or not it really ever happened, happened, you know, but there were many people who did witness and say, yes, we remember seeing the car, you know, the neighbors cross the street, saw the car pull up. And the, and the reason why was the car was flat black. The guy got out of the suit, you know, in the middle of the summer, getting out wearing this all black suit and everything to walk up there and talk to Harold. It just he did not. He stood out, and that's why people oh, yeah. remembered him. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, anybody dressed like, you know, and fed, you yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like... Or a funeral, you know, director or whatnot. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, what's his face? Uh, oh, how did I blank on his name? I got it. I know it. Dr. Herbert Hopkins. There you go. There we go. Dr. Herbert Hopkins. There we go. Yeah, yeah this one, this is the one that stood out to me. This one's a, crazy. He had a similar experience, and except he was... He was an allergist, but he was into hypnotism, too. Yes. And he was kind of working as a therapist and mm-hmm. working with these people who um, had documented UFO sightings and trying to help them, like... Recall all the, yeah. the, all the different stuff that they really saw, all the detail. Yep, and yep. He, he got real deep into the research. He was super... In, it was a good hobby for him. He en- oh, yeah. He enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, so this dude shows up, knocks on his door, mm-hmm. ain't got no hair, like, no... He was bald, no eyebrows, no eyelashes that he can discern. Mm-hmm. He was super pale, except his lips were very red. Yep. Wicked red, like lipstick red. Mm-hmm. And he still swears, you know, or he swore like to the end, bitter end, that like dude was wearing lipstick. He was dressed in a black suit, mm-hmm. white shirt, black tie, gray gloves, which don't understand that. But yeah. dude showed up and he, he was... You know, asking all these questions about, you know, what he's found out from these things. He's like, hey, I work for your government. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to help. And uh, yeah. I'm just famous last words <laughs> from the government. Yeah. <laughs> he just he was, you know, kind of interrogated. And every time he was answered, yes, yes, that's how I understand it. You know, very, mm-hmm. very nonchalantly, like he was very intimately. Yeah, the, the guy claimed he was from the government. This happened back in September 11th in 1976. The, the guy claimed to also be a UFO researcher as well for the government. And they wanted to compare notes with him. Yeah. Yeah. But the, so the doctor, uh-huh. you know, it fleshing out all this because people get comfortable with the doctors. Yes. You know, they, they really do. You know, they'll, they'll tell their doctors things. I've told doctors things that probably, I wouldn't tell anybody else. You know, it's just like, you know, how did this happen? Well, you see what ha- happened was, <laughs> you know, so like these people got real comfortable with them, you know, yep. plus the hypnotism. And there's a lot of things that were fleshed out that probably wouldn't have normally been flushed out by you know a yeah. government agent <laughs> yeah you know unless it was under duress <laughs> uh-huh. but um this fellow's you know claiming to like know this and understand this and then he was like yeah you know you you heard about um god what's what's the guy's name i'm blanking on names barney hill barney thank you yeah uh, for people out there barney hill was i was about uh, to him explain his, it okay never mind go ahead. <laughs> roll, it, roll with it roll with it barney hill yeah. was uh, a famous uh Guy, abductee at the time yes. that you know everybody kind of yeah. him and his wife. Yes. Okay, there you go. See, this is why chances here. He knows the things, yes. but um, <laughs> and names, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he he was like, you you heard about him dying, right? And it's like, yeah. He was like, reach in your pocket, pull out a coin, pulls out a coin. He's like, look at the coin, looks at the coin, coin disappears out of his hand. He was like, so Bernie. Didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. Yeah. You should forget that I was here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should stop. The, the crazy thing about this was he pulled a penny out of his pocket, and he put it in his hand, and he told him, to, like he said, to stare at it. And he said that it went from copper to fading to, like, blue to a shiny metallic, mm-hmm. and then it just faded and was gone from out of his hand. Yeah. He never felt any heat or nothing else, you know, nothing that... Would make it like burn. It would just it just faded out, just gone. Yeah. And like and you said, that's when the guy says, "You remember Barney Hill?" And he said, "He had no heart, just like you have no coin." That's a threat if I've ever heard one. I yeah. mean, he's like, hundred percent. You like, will forget that I was here. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, he he did forget for a little while, but like everybody else can verify that that guy was there. Yes. Like a hundred percent. There was I a mean, lot of people that could verify. Oh, yeah. that, that guy was there because I mean he stood out. He was yes. very tall, very slender, very like bald. Yep. <laughs> Very bald. Like, who has no eyelashes? Yeah, when this guy pulled up at the house, once again, another situation with this big black sedan, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, usually, you know, it looked, like you said, like a Fed's car, you mm-hmm. know. And then uh, and then this guy, and his, you know, they said he was very tall. He was like 6'6 six, six or something like that. You know, really Huge. big guy. Yeah. And uh, got out of the car. The, the pasty white skin just made him stand out. And in this normal, regular neighborhood, just people, it, it, somebody like that just stands out, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and this guy threatened him. Um, the thing is, is with you know Dr. Hopkins, he was a very noted and uh, uh, noted for being you know very well versed you know with not only with medicine but also with UFOs because he had been researching it. Like you said, it he became a hobby. Re- yeah, that, he was that he very just, reliable. Yeah, that, that it became a hobby that he just really picked up interest in, and and so he really dedicated his time in doing research to mm-hmm. it, you know, and looked for the validity in it. Yep. And so people were like, yeah, this isn't a, 
a crazy nut job that would just make up a flamboyant story just to get attention. He's just not that kind of guy. No. Yeah. He was very honest. He, and that's the reason he was interviewing these guys about their abductions and experiences because he genuinely wanted to get to the bottom of it. Yep. He wanted to see if it was a psychosis thing or if it was like something that happened. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I'm leaning towards it happened. I think it happened. Yep. It happened like that movie. Yeah. It happened. It happened. There was just way too many witnesses, man, you know, for for this situation. Um, there were people that had interviewed him left and right, you know, professionals that tried to trip him up, you know, and whatnot. Nope. Everything was, everything he vouched for was solid, you know, mm -hmm. uh, all the way down to the timeline of when the guy showed up. Neighbors saying, yeah, we remember this car pulling up at such and such time, yeah. you know, and this guy getting out because he stood out. They couldn't forget it. And think about all these guys that show up. They're always too clean. Yes. Like, their cars are too clean. Yeah. Their suits are too clean. Yeah. They're, like, everything about them is too clean. Well, this one that we're about to talk about here. Yeah. This is this is involving a celebrity. Yeah. 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 It's Brittany. Uh, sort of. <laughs> Brittany has something to do with it. That's very true. <laughs> I blame her. Yes. I blame, I blame Brittany on this. All right, so Dan Aykroyd, back in 2002, uh, was in uh, New York back in January of 2002. Um, he had, had just sold a show to Sci-Fi for, uh, and the title of it was Out There. And it was all about, like, you know, abductions from UFOs. Dan Aykroyd is a very, very, very avid believer in UFOs. Oh, yeah. He uh, gives lectures on it. Um, mm -hmm. And we're talking about the Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters and all that stuff. You know, SNL, the whole nine yards. Uh, Dan Aykroyd... Uh, had sold the show to Sci-Fi, and they had they it was already done. They they picked it up. They yeah. picked it up, and and actually had already been filming episodes, and that's what he was there for that day. Mm -hmm. So at that particular time, he received a call from none other than Britney Spears. It's Britney. I know it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder if that's how she answered when he said, "Who's this?" So he, I would every time. <laughs> I know, if I was right? Britney, that's how I'd answer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so he stepped outside to take the phone call. While he was out there, this black sedan pulls up a very unusually large man got out of the car wearing a full black suit pale white skin he looked at dan Aykroyd, shot him the dirtiest of looks like gave him that solid mean mug mm -hmm. to the point it made him uncomfortable where he actually looked at the ground for a moment when he looked back up the car and the man was gone just that quick out of no, I mean, we're not talking about like they left in a hurry. They vanished in seconds. So that's what immediately caught his attention. Mm -hmm. As he was going back inside, two hours after that incident, one of the producers from Sci-Fi called him and said, we're not doing the show. Never gave a reason. Never gave a Ever. reason to this day. Ever. It's 2021 now. Still has not given a reason on why they were not going to pick up his show. He probably doesn't care anymore anyway. Oh, I'm I mean. sure. <laughs> but it's one of the situations where it, that this whole thing happened within, you know, like I said, this this guy showed up while they're doing an interview about an abductee, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what he was there for. And, uh, and and like I said, the show had already been picked up. It had already been picked up and they were filming. You know, that's yeah. why he was there. There's already investments and money involved. Like there's yes. no going, usually when you're doing, you know, a, a TV show and you're at that point. There is no going back until next season. Like yeah. they, they'll do the first season because they're already invested. We'll see how it does. And then if you suck, yep. they cancel you. Yeah, you do one good season, it's solid. Usually what will happen is they'll pick up to, to the third season at that point. 
they, they, they kind of like go, okay, this first season, you know, was a freaking hit. It was a phenom. Everybody's talking about it, you know, social media, you know, all the different, you know, celebrity magazines and whatnot. So at that point in time, they usually will automatically pick up to a third season. Disney is infamous and, and go back and watch a lot of shows that only have three seasons. A lot of them did very well and they do an automatic contract for three seasons if they think this show is going to be a hit. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll do an automatic three seasons off the top. But your numbers better be good by third season because if not, they ask you. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, you turn around and I guarantee you go on, on Disney and look at a lot of the shows on there, the TV shows from Disney. Majority of them only got three seasons. Wow. Yeah. Never even noticed that. Yep, and that's the reason why. That's, Don't screw that's up just the Mandalorian. A, that's just, Don't do it. <laughs> that's just how Hollywood works, man. So, but like if you do have a TV show and it does very, very well in your first season, usually it'll pick up two more. It'll go to like a third season pickup. Um, if two and three do very well and it's still maintaining that steam or yeah. even picked up, then they'll usually sometimes at that point they'll go another two. They'll do like, you know, all the way up to five. Once you get about the fifth season on a show, then don't, they don't care how progressively good it is. Then it's usually season by season they pick up. Yeah. Because they know that if you're, you're lucky to make it to five, let's not push our luck. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to just sign and pick you up for ten seasons. You know, we're going to, at this point in time, we'll just do season by season and see how it goes. So that, for people out there about television, that's really actually how it works. So. Ta-da. Ta-da. The more you know. Yeah. So, uh, so here's, you know, Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd also... Uh, is a huge member of MUFON, and uh, which uh, MUFON is uh, you know the mutual UFO org- uh, mutual UFO network, and it's basically a nationwide organization of people who deal with UFO sightings, UFO investigations, you know abductee investigations and such. Uh, kind of like paranormal ghost hunters that yeah, do yeah. ghost hunting, they they do it for UFOs, and so he's a, a very high ranking member up there with MUFON. They're very credible too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them do really, really fantastic job. They do a better job in the Air Force investigating this stuff. <laughs> yeah, they really do. But usually that's because the Air Force is trying to hide it. I mean, never mind. Oh, I, well, we can get into that a little bit. Oh, we're going to. Oh, good. Because wait, there's more. <laughs> All right. So you think that Men in Black is a myth? Do you think that there's no government agency out there that would go out there and cause disinformation and all that and <clears throat> You know, especially involving UFOs, that that's just made up Hollywood stuff. <laughs> really, apparently you never heard never heard of OSI. OSI, oh, which is it. a member of the United States Air Force, it's a federal it's a uh, federal law enforcement inve- uh, investigative division mm-hmm. of the United States Air Force, and one of their jobs is investigating sightings and such like this. And reason why a lot of people in America started finding out about it was because of a little man named Eric Snowden back in 2013. Uh, decided to release a whole lot of documents from the NSA. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, which being titled The Art of Deception, it had key notes such as people make decisions as part of groups and swap the real for the false and vice versa. Mm-hmm. These were actual terms that are used in doing disinformation. Mm-hmm. All right. One of the examples out there that they put out, because people were saying, well, you know, we've we've heard a lot of different stories about this, you know, that that stuff's a hoax and whatnot, that that's not really, you know, happening. And, no, the you know, the, the, the people from the government's not getting involved with people with UFO sightings. Really? You really want to believe that? Then, obviously, you had never heard about a guy named Richard Doty. <laughs> Richard Doty was a member of OSI. 
Richard Doty was one of the people, and this is from the Freedom of Information Act. You can, you're more than welcome to look this up. It is real. It is legitimate. This guy was so good at disinformation. He used to tell people he was a member of the Majestic 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Majestic 12 is, uh, I'm not going to get into a big, long story about that, but basically a group of members that know about the UFOs and are part of the U.S. government and other government agencies involved that deal with the aliens, you know, from what they found, uh, maybe captured on film, you know, that maybe made contact with. He's one of those guys that you can have a conversation with and not be entirely sure if he was lying to you. It's like having a conversation with Jack Sparrow. Yes. You're (laughs) not sure if what he's telling you is the truth, but... It might be. It and, might be. Uh, the, the, the scariest part is usually the most far-fetched stuff he's telling you that he's laughing and you're thinking, oh, that's so funny. It's just, true. That's the actual true part. Yeah. The the normal, whole, you know, dull mm-hmm. humdrum stuff he's telling you, that's actually the lie. Um, and one of the examples, and this is an example given, um, was one of the things that they used to do was to make people who had seen actual military aircraft that was new technology being developed that was being used the they would the the people that, that they saw it he would talk to them investigating the report of seeing a ufo and start making them believe that maybe they really did see a ufo yep i'm here for the government we're here uh, to help we're going to tell you everything we know with your cooperation yes and that is a very, very, very true story and a very true person. Um, there yeah, was, that guy actually, the guy, one of the guys you're talking about. Are you are you about to tell the story? No, no, no. Okay. Um, what, one, one of the guys, they wound up like leaving false evidence for him to okay, find. Okay, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Paul okay. Benowitz. Yeah, there yep. we go. Yeah, Come so, on. All right, so Paul Benowitz back in 1979, uh, this guy built his own equipment at his home in order to observe and track things in space. And all the way from visual to also audio equipment. Well, he lived across the street from Kirkland Air Force Base. So, you know, <laughs> now we're not talking about like he's like, you know, like, you know, just cross street from the, the freaking, you know, the runway. But, I mean, he was next door to the base. So, yes, during that time is during the Cold War, there was new technologies coming out. And there was stuff that he had captured on film and there was stuff that he was capturing from signals that they were going back and forth with, which is encrypted, mm-hmm. you know, when they were speaking to the pilots and such. And he was recording the signals. So Doty went over there and said, yes, we hear reports that you possibly seen UFOs and whatnot. So him knowing what he really saw and what he was really tracking, he started making Paul believe that he really did see UFOs. Oh, yeah. They he even re- gave him, quote, unquote, software to help decode it. Decode it. <laughs> yes. And he believed he was making contact with aliens from other planets that were coming here to make contact with us. They were leaving falsified metal equipment that they created (laughs) to look like alien technology for this guy to find. Master class in deception. Yes. This is how bad it was. But that guy, Paul Benowitz, later down the line, wound up uh, in, I think it was in 88, and I think in 88 wound up uh, being put in. Well, he was Baker acted by mm-hmm. his family um, because I guess the stories were getting a little too crazy about the aliens coming and whatnot. And everything Apparently, else. like a uh, a full scale invasion full scale was about invasion. to happen. Yes, yeah, and uh, and but a lot of that I guarantee was you know contributed. Oh from, heck yeah, absolutely. Uh, these guys are not stupid. These guys are very very well trained, and not only deception, but looking for people who may have a mental deficiency. 
guaranteed this guy did probably have some type of mental deficiency, obviously, because he did wind up, you know, where he was, you know, when he got Baker acted. And I guarantee this guy, Doty, he just fed off of it. He's like, oh, this is the perfect, you know, the, the perfect, the perfect one right passing. here. Yeah. yeah. And they wound up, you know, just feeding this guy line after line after line. Like, like Jesse was saying, gave him false equipment to where he could, like, actually, uh, take the signals that he was picking up. And all it was was communication signals from, you know, from like the, the tower to the aircraft that was, they, they were testing. And, you know, it's encrypted. So he was getting the signal but couldn't tell what was being said or anything like that. And it really sucks that it happens to people like that, though. Like, yeah. that, that just, it, it's not, it's not but, cool. But, but the worst case is, or, you know, one of the worst case scenarios with this is, this is the same guy who would also go out to investigate people who claim to see a UFO and tell them that it was modern technology, that it wasn't a UFO. Yeah. So now you don't know, well, did they really see real? a UFO and did yeah. he lie to them about the technology or vice versa, <laughs> you know? Because typically a guy's not going to show up from the U.S. government who is hiding the technology we have by telling you about it, that that kind of defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he, they would put him on this track of making them believe that it was something totally from out of this world, you know, to feed into the the hype and the hope of what they were hoping to achieve by, you know, because he knew if this guy's searching the space, you know, and and sending out audio signals into space and everything else, he was trying to find a UFO. Oh yeah. So he figured, you know what? I'm going to give him one because now it's going to hide everything that we're launching from next door. Yeah. The yeah. Be- the best way to hide evidence is to give people evidence. Yeah. I mean, oh. Like the old saying goes, best way to hide something is in plain sight. Yep. Yep. And there is there is a lot of truth behind that, I promise you. So much truth. Yeah. It's terrifying. So one of the other quick things that it became a huge conspiracy theory because of – uh, when, like when all this got released about the the whole thing with disinformation actually being a real thing, actually rec- you know that was created like us. Well, we gave you examples right here by the OSI from the Air Force that was real. This guy Richard Doty was a real person, real a, you know agent who did do these things. This is this is true stories. This isn't made up. All right, but this led into conspiracy theories about Hollywood's involvement with producing movies to put out to test the waters. For the U.S. government, if whether or not if they put the information out there that we're about to make contact with aliens or we've already made contact with aliens, that they could handle it by the reaction of the public when they put these films out. The first one being The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. And back in 1951. Now, a lot of people automatically was like, oh, God, whatever. That's that's a huge conspiracy theory, man. That's so stupid. There's there's no way that could true right well fact, ta-da. Ta-da. fact of the matter is that uh when you start looking at the background of the people involved in that film it makes you question producer daryl zanuck had ties with the cia psychological strategies board the writer edmund north was ex-military and dealt with air stuff that's all <laughs> they put air stuff <laughs> air stuff yeah <laughs> Director Robert Weiss became a believer of UFOs and of other alien origins after, uh, after while doing not only doing this film but conversing with White House officials. Of course, because yeah. he was getting you know a little you know like basically like a a guy goes to, uh, an actor goes to a film and he does his research he might like uh, I'll give you an example 
Tom Holland plays Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. All right, he actually played a high school student to see how high school kids were nowadays because mm-hmm. he's in his twenties. Yeah. You know? But he uh, he he looked obviously young enough, and he hid who he was. This before Spider-Man came out, so nobody yeah. really actually knew too much of who he was. Yeah. And so he he went into a high school being a high school student for like about a week just to do a little bit of like research and see how they dressed, how they acted, their you know their slang talk, and the whole nine yards. You know, kind of get a little bit more of a high school vibe. You know, yeah, that, that he way he can sell it exactly. You know, um, and a lot of actors do that, you know, upon their role. You know, if they're doing a biography on somebody. Johnny Depp. Prime, Johnny Depp. Go. Fear and yes. Living in Las Vegas. There he you followed go. that dude around for like, I think it was six months. Yeah, it was like six months. Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted to mimic everything about this guy. If you have not seen that movie, yeah, it awesome. is the craziest piece of work that oh, uh, Johnny Depp has ever done. And it's based on a true story. Yes. And it is so awesome. Yes, it is. So, anyways, these these individuals, you know, uh, they they you know uh, like Robert Weiss, who was the director of the film, the day they stood still, uh, was speaking with the U.S. government on how they would handle if something like that happened, just to get an idea for like how they could plot the storyline and so on and so forth with the film to to make it a little more realistic. And he said that after he never got into the detail of the conversations. But with people from White House officials to people affiliated with the White House, they wouldn't specify that he's they, all of a sudden he's just like full blown believer. Like, yes, there are aliens out there. Yeah. Well, and that's the vagary. Yeah. If it's vague, mm-hmm. it always feels deceptive. Yes. But what really how they really like most of the time how it's really described when they're deceiving you mm-hmm. is they're very detailed. Yes. Like, they're giving you minutia of things that, like, don't matter. That is a very true story. One of the best ways to tell when someone is lying who gives you an overdose of details. Mm-hmm. And the reason for being that means they sat there and they thought this thing out to try to collaborate on every piece of everything they're lying about to make it make sense. The average person, if you ask them, like, where were you last night? Okay, like with me. Where were you last night? Uh, I was hanging out with my mom for a few hours and, you know, talking with my family and stuff and everything, you know, what happened. And, and then uh, I... Left last night and I went home. You know, I mean that was that's it. I've literally been called a liar before when mm-hmm. I was telling the truth because I gave too many details. Yeah. Well, sometimes it, it comes down to being defensive, and, and that can also play into that. Like if someone's asking you a question and you're telling them about what happened defensive. and you're telling the truth, but you feel that they don't believe you, then you start stepping it up a notch and telling them more details because you're like, look, you can check blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I started having to give less details because, like, it wouldn't even be defensive. Yeah. I'd be, like, just normally talking like I'm talking now, blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. know, hey, I was doing this. You know, I was out Saturday night. We, you know, we took my buddy's black car instead of my car because my car was silver. And I don't know that they, they just wanted to go into black car because they thought black was cool. And we went out to the mm-hmm. club, blah, blah, blah. Just all these random details. And, like, just the minutiae, like, I'm going through play-by-play, blow-by-blow of what's going on because, like, for some reason I remember dumb stuff like that. And they're like, you're full of crap. No, that's exactly what happened. Ask them. Yeah. It happened. Bro, I have done the same thing where somebody asked what I did the night before. I told them what me and my friends did. I told them straight, flat out the truth. (laughs) And they were laughing, and they're like, no, really, what happened? I'm like, that's what happened. And I just walk away and leave it at that. If you don't want to believe me, fine, you know. (laughs) But the the worst part is is that what I told them was the truth because they obviously don't know my friends. We get into stupid crap. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you're like a a toddler. 
A six foot toddler. Oh, I am big time. You are, dude. I, I, me and my cousin went. Me and my cousin got caught um, on a uh, property at a school, the backside of the property where the football field was, at three o'clock in the morning, with him cutting donuts and his old Mazda uh, car that he had at the time, with me hanging onto the roof <laughs> at three in the morning because we wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> I will not say there was alcohol involved. Um, I will not say if, uh, you know, as far as I'm going to go, okay, it starts getting incriminating. Um, but yes, it, it was, we were out there and we were, uh, he, you know, there were a couple of females riding with us and, you know, boys being boys showing off. Oh yeah. That, that's basically how it happens. Most of the crap that guys get into, I can tell you right now, is mm-hmm. showing off for a girl. I'm telling you right now, that 100%. is the truth of it. Yes. I've done more crap for, uh, female attention than I... Oh yeah, I care to admit. Yes, by a long shot. Yes, we are peacocks, just with less IQ points. We do really dumb things. Mm-hmm. Even peacocks aren't that stupid. But yeah, uh, so yeah, three o'clock in the morning, I was on the roof of a car while my cousin was cutting donuts. So yeah. action hero. Yep. 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 Yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't have a stunt man. I did all my own stunts, and I'm paying for it now. <laughs> uh, Roger that. No, dude, I'm I'm there with you. I. Dude, when Teen Wolf came out, I remember me and my buddies doing the whole roof surfing thing for fun. That's awesome. Yep, I, I've done it so many times. Well, that's back when you can do that and not dent the crap out of your car. Oh, too. hell yeah. Dude, my cousin, okay, my cousin, uh, my cousin Eddie, his friend Glenn, he had this old beat up piece of crap van, but that was our party mobile. Everybody loaded up in that van mm-hmm. to go to all the parties. You know, it fit like, you know, 20 of us in there, right? We looked like a clown car when we pulled up at parties <laughs> all the people that pour out of the van. So we were going down the road, man. I was up on top of the roof, man, in the middle of 41 in Sarasota, roof surfing while they were jamming music. Yes, oh, I love it. It's stupid crap we used to do, man. When I was growing up, man. You get busted. Yeah, we've gotten busted a couple times. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the worst part. You think we learn that the first time getting caught because the the first time the guy the the officer who pulled us all over was really really angry. <laughs> yeah, you know, because we I could have gotten killed being up there. Don't do this again. He's like, I'm gonna give you guys a break because in our town back then when I was growing up. Most of those officers knew all of us. They knew our families. So really, honestly, we could not get away with anything because if they caught us, they they know our mom and dad. Oh, yeah. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And, and we weren't bad kids. We weren't after like stealing and you know and doing dumb crap like that, destroying property, except for the donuts in the one place. But that's the only thing. I think that. Yeah, but we never like went out there like I said, man, stealing cars and crap like that. We were never stupid like that. That um, we stole our friends' cars. Yeah, no, that's fun though. That's different because we let them know we took it after we took it. Yeah, so, yeah, no. So technically, it's not really stealing when you let them know you took it. So no, it's just uh, part of friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's part of friendship. Yeah, you're sharing, and sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sure it helps your buddy get laid. Um, Roger that. There you go. So yeah, man, we we definitely have done some stupid things growing up, man. Oh, yeah, those were good old days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No. <laughs> so I'm so surprised I'm alive now, man. I really am. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, but you feel it now, though. You definitely feel oh, it. Oh, yeah, dude. Because, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I went through that today. Like, I'm literally thinking about it today. And I was like, man, I, I can tell, like, some of the, like, weird injuries that I've gotten mm-hmm. just from where things hurt. Bro, I got ran over by a Yugo. How many people can say that? 
not many. And you know what a Yugo is, right? Those it's, old box cars from like the nineties, yeah, early nineties. Yeah. yeah, the the POS. Dude, my, yeah. For some people out there, I'm sure you know about like the the, the Gremlin from like Wayne's it's World, like, right? Um, it's a little piece of crap box car, right? And and everything on it is plastic and falls apart so easy. It's like a Chevette. Yeah, they were very <laughs> cheaply made, man. My buddy Kelly had one, right? Mm-hmm. And we were at Sarasota Square Mall parking lot. I was hood surfing instead of riding on the roof, playing around. And he he barely jerked a wheel. He wasn't even really going fast at all. And he, like, barely jerked a wheel just kind of make me kind of, you know, stumble a little bit, you know, oh, for yeah. fun. Well, it had been raining out, and everything was wet, and I actually slipped. What happened was. You see, what happened was. So <laughs> I fell on the hood, but kind of on the side, almost falling off the side of the car. I swung my legs around. And because we weren't going that fast, and I was trying to get him to stop, he's laughing, thinking it's funny. Tried to literally, like, you know, push myself away from the car and just run because we weren't even, like, at that point, he had slowed, you know, slowed way down. So it wasn't like he was, like, doing, like, 30 or something. Like, yeah, you know, I, I went to turn to run. Well, as I slid my legs down enough to touch the ground and pushed off, I just didn't quite run fast enough. Whoops. So I fell and hit the ground on my side, and my arm went underneath the front tire. And it literally ran over my arm. Didn't break it or nothing. Dude, all it did was give me a big old gash in my arm. That's it. It, <laughs> it, it didn't break any bones. That's how cheap these cars were. I could have beat the Yugo up. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was that crappy of a car, man. But, yeah, and it's just the stupid stuff we did. And, of course, it was because there was a girl in the car that I was showing off to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, such is life. I, I Sorry, I got lost in a rabbit hole because, like, uh, I don't know. This article is equating um, some of the, you know, theories about men in black to the mm-hmm. U.S. Secret Service. And, like, I'm reading through, and they got, like, origins, duties, blah, 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 timeline. And then, like, I went back up, and this is, like, a member of Obama's security thing. But I'm looking at his weapon. It's not normally what you would see with American uh, American anything. Like, yeah. that's that's not... It is so normally with Americans, um, like American military, Secret Service stuff like that. If they're carrying a rifle or a short-barreled rifle or something like that, you'll see the typical AR M4 kind of platform thing. Yep. This guy is holding an AK platform type thing with a <laughs> a very small like telescoping stock on it. Like yeah, it, that's definitely not. Standard issue, buddy. Yeah, that, that, that's not, <laughs> that, yeah, that's not a governmental standard issue weapon that's being handed out. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, like when I used to do like the contract work, yeah, I mean, you know, for here, stateside, you know, there are only specific weapons you're allowed to carry. Yeah. You know, uh, we had our, our waivers through the, you know, through the uh, state and everything else that we did carry the AR-15. That was our primary weapon. Uh, so I carried the AR-15, then I carried the XD 9mm for my sidearm, you know, mm-hmm. in a drop holster. Yeah. Um, and then we carried, like, you know, the maybe a three fifty seven revolver, but it only you could, were only allowed to put the, the thirty eight rounds in it instead of three fifty seven. Gotcha. Um, so you could carry that, too. Um, so that was the standard issue in a stateside contract security work. But you could carry the AR-15, which we did have heavy rounds for. Don't even, I'm not even going to go there, but heavy rounds. Yeah, yeah. Leave it at that. You know, and, of course, the XD 9 now, you do a contract overseas. It's you, a smorgasbord. You can tell whatever you want. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, over there you've got, oh. you know, you've there's adaptability to get full auto weapons, all kinds of stuff, depending on what company you work for and where you're going and all that good stuff. Well, supposedly this is in Colombia, so that makes more sense now. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you for the information. The more you know. And knowing is half the battle. Gee, I'm slow. All right, so. um, Yeah, I was kind of loud. So, anyways, with the Men in Black Theory, uh, they do believe that one of the first actual, you know, uh, where the Men in Black could have come. And then, of course, this is theory. Where they could have came from was from the OSI that was created with the uh, U.S. Air Force, which I believe was in 1948 or 47, I believe, is when OSI was created with the Air Force. Um, Because that also revolves around about the time that the first one was seen, you know? Yeah. Well, in 47... Was like the yeah okay yeah hold on I'm trying to trying to Google for when it started yep OSI model nobody cares about the OSI model but OSI USAF origin and it'll probably give you the date on there at that point deep so deep, I was right deep. 1948 yeah mm-hmm. well, then how come like the first one was in like 1947 <gasps> dude anytime that an agency ever says that this is their start date. Remember, they've already been running for probably five years prior to that. No, ten years. On average. How long How long is it that the uh, Freedom of Information Act forces them to... Um, I want to say ten, Yeah, I'm not mistaken. So we'll call it ten. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but like prime example, like if uh, the like with the CIA with its creation and all that, I guarantee the CIA... Matter of fact, the CIA was already running. It had a different name at the time. So it was just listed as a different agency at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. they always do that. I Matter of fact, it was OSS. was the first official CIA was OSS. Mm-hmm. And then it turned around after, you know, X amount of time when uh, they they revamped OSS and they became the CIA, the secret. Uh, sorry. Well, it is true secret. I mean, <laughs> Central Intelligence Agency. I don't know why I was saying secret intelligence agency, but they really are either way. I mean, just spelled different. <laughs> My name's John um, Coffee, but the coffee just spelled different. Um. So, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of those organizations, you know, even though on here it says it came out, what, August 1st, 1948, mm-hmm. uh, I guarantee it already been running for probably, like, way before that, it, probably, it, like, a decade before. Yeah, because before that was uh, World War II. Mm-hmm. World War II, and then, what, like, 1943? 1944, something like that? 44. Okay. Yeah, so they've 100% been running way before that and yeah. doing, like, and that time period, we were doing crazy stuff. Now, wait a that minute. Was, Actually, you know what? Real quick, though. One thing. That first case we were talking about, the first documented case. Yeah. That don't mean there was other cases before that that just never got documented. Yeah. No. That, some we, people may have been scrubbed. Have you seen some or heard about some of the stuff like the Nazis were doing back then? Oh, I yeah. Mean, like, yeah. First of all, they were doing stuff with genetics that like would seem like futuristic to us now. Oh, yeah. Now. Absolutely. I mean, as, and then like they were doing... The rockets were space age, space age then, but they were trying yeah. to like they were searching for like the ark of um, the ark of the covenant, like Raiders of the Lost Ark uh-huh. type thing. Like they were searching for like religious relics all over the world. That was how to, Spielberg like, came up with the idea for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, no, he was reading a doc a, uh, or he saw a documentary on it, I believe, about them looking for the Holy Grail and everything, mm-hmm. and then all that just swirled in his head. And next thing you know, that's how Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones got created. Yeah, no, that's that right there. It's just. Yeah. Beyond awesome. But, um, yeah, they were really doing that stuff. And then some of the stuff we were trying to do, like, make little, like, UFO-type things. Yeah. You know, we, we've been – I guarantee we have, like, zero-grav technology for, like – Oh, I don't doubt it. All that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, I, I the video is coming out with the Navy and stuff like that. Yeah. That's our crap, y'all. Yeah. You're welcome. You'll see it in about 15, 20 years. You've, we've already had that for about 20 years already. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing. 
I understand, like, you know, with the uh, military, you know, trying to, you know, if they did find an alien craft, try to reverse engineer it. Oh, Because, yeah. let's be real, if the craft can make it, obviously, from another galaxy to here, they are way far advanced than what we are. And if you could have that type of technology, if we had the technology to be able to make our craft go to just these phenomenal amounts of speed. Okay, a couple of things. One, you now rule the world. If you have aircraft that can teleport, you know, like like remember we had that little talk about the Philadelphia experiment. Oh yeah. You know that they they said that they were trying to develop stealth technology for the battleships that would be able to hide from radar whenever they would go into another country to attack. Um, and a lot of people there was a big this big secret conspiracy story that went around that no they actually created a because there were high ranking people in including Einstein, who was involved in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, that actually said they created teleportation. And they said it became because of alien technology. They had a, cr- a craft that had crashed here on Earth. That they were reverse engineering, hence that's why they brought the brightest minds in the world to work on this technology. And they said that, no, the, the, the cover story was they were creating a ship that basically had, like, you know, paint and design that would, you know, foul up radar to pick them up when they're out on the water. Which we actually have. Which we do have. But what really happened was they actually created reverse technology of this teleportation device from the craft that the ship teleported from uh, Philadelphia over to Virginia. Within three seconds, it showed up in it showed up in Virginia, and like just right off the piers, that the other people swore they saw it. There were people who said they saw this big green fog, and all of a sudden there was a ship, this battleship there. They gave the whole numbers of it, and so when it they, they said there was a bright flash again, it disappeared, and then it reappeared back at its location in Philadelphia. Really? And the problem was when it reappeared that there were guys that were welded into the hull, that everything meshed when it came back together. I remember in like the late nineties, they were uh, they had successfully teleported. Um, uh, I want to say like a, a an electron or something like that. They they yeah, literally yeah. successfully teleported like yeah. part of an atom. Yeah, and that was like a big deal and stuff like that. Yeah. I, w- I wonder what they can do now. Who knows? But the thing is, you know, did that really happen? I highly Probably not. It. Yeah, no. I, I highly that would have that, that would have been a scene. There, there would have been that would have been, been too big to cover up. You know, with that many deaths well, and everything involved from a ship. I don't know. A, a whole U.S. naval fleet just disappears just during training exercise. And there's no story on it uh, because really those people who served on board that ship, there's some people still alive and they're like, yeah, dude, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Holly we, never happened. We, but if it did, let's just say for an instant, just for a moment, let's bend reality here. Let's mm-hmm. do a Mandela effect. Let's say that it did happen and it really existed and all that happened. If you could make that technology be certifiable, it's 100% accurate. You can do this now without, you know, death and injury. You would have the, you would have the army and the navy, you know, that will run the world. Nobody yeah. could. Yeah, you can it. literally teleport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, you know, all of a sudden it's like you have the entire like you know West Fleet all of a sudden poof and they're on the shore of the country you're wanting to take over. You wouldn't even have you, to do that. You just teleport a nuke to exactly who you want to blow up. Yeah, <laughs> there's no. Yeah, you can't defeat an like, enemy that's got that kind of power. Hey, you just in your living room. Ta-da. Yeah, <laughs> you know, unless you come up with some type of force field technology to keep them from doing it, to block them, it's yeah, you're done. You can't stop that kind of technology. You're just you're done. Uh, whoever's got that kind of technology will rule the world. Now, with that being said, even if they can't do teleportation, but you got craft now 
that can bank and maneuver like these UFOs we're seeing out there that oh, yeah. the Navy has recorded and everything else, you're, especially you arm those things, airfare warfare is over. You're not going to be able to keep up with something like that. No, you're, not at you're all. done. Yeah. That, that, that's like a, a human trying to, in, in a sense, trying to capture a hummingbird by hand. Mm-hmm. You just ain't going to do it. Nope. You're, yeah. And, I mean, that stealth technology is something else, too. I mean, they, yeah. they can make – a lot of these naval ships are, what, like 700 feet? Oh, yeah. They're huge. They're huge. They show up on radar from experience. They show up on radar as like a little itty-bitty blip, like a fishing vessel. Oh, absolutely. Like, and they change their lights so, like – it, yep. They look like something else because, like, you have specific lights for, like, every type of boat out there. Yep. You know, size, shape, what you're doing, Dude, blah, blah, blah. fog will throw it off. And you know this. Heavy, mm-hmm. dense fog will look like a, a ship out on the water. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it will disguise a ship's rain. size. You could pick up rain if you yeah. if you don't have um, your settings right. Hell, we saw a freaking water spout pop down, yeah. like, within range of, like, we had it in close, too, because yeah, we were, yeah. like, in port and stuff. It popped down in the channel. Yeah, with us. I'll give and you. We seen uh, it. There was there, <laughs> there was a cutter one day that this back during you know the the world war and stuff going on. Um, they they were you know cruising the coastline. Coast Guard cutter was cruising the coastline, protecting our coast, and they were out there and they came across this you know smaller vessel out on the water, and they turned around and called them by radio, held them up, and asked them to identify themselves. Nothing came back. Nope. They tried to call out again. You know. Please tell us who you are, you know, yada, yada, yada. Who you be? Knock, knock, knock. You know, still no response. Finally, the captain of the Coast Guard Cutter gets on the air himself. He's like, this is Captain U.S. Coast Guard Cutter, blah, blah, blah. He's like, if you do not respond, you will be fired upon. The response that came back was from the Admiral (laughs) on board the USS Nimitz and said, fire when ready. (laughs) USS Nimitz against the Coast Guard Cutter. Would be equivalent to a Pinto trying to stop a semi. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's awesome, dude. The the <laughs> firepower of the Nimitz even back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's even the they would let the Coast Guard cutters shoot at them. It ain't gonna hurt that hole, man. It's too thick. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. That, that, like I said, man, that'd be like me taking a BB gun and trying to stop a tank. It just ain't gonna happen. <laughs> you know. And that's then the, the, the admiral. The reason why was they were doing a real live training operation mm-hmm. so they were under you know doing darkened ship and under zero radioactivity and so the coast guard cutter was they were supposed to have been informed that they were operating out there yeah somebody dropped the ball and forgot to call them tell them nobody told us yeah <laughs> and so the the at the time while they were out there it the radar was it was throwing it off and it appeared to be a much smaller vessel and so that's why they said it's just coast guard cutter blah 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 if you don't answer you will be fired upon that's when the animal was like i better probably respond back before somebody gets hurt you know, grabbed the radio, gone there, and he said, this is Admiral blah, 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 the United States Navy on board USS Nimitz. Fire when ready. Click and hung up. <laughs> Coast Guard, I, yeah, the Coast Guard cutter was like, continue your course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the most G way of answering that ever, too. It's like, look, know, right? this is who I am. This is who we are. Yeah. Try it. The the Marine pilot that was over off uh, near Iraq that they kept trying to say he was flying in their airspace, and he kept saying, I'm not. Yeah. And they and they kept telling him if he did not divert that they were they finally said we will send up an interceptor, and he finally answered back. He was flying an F eighteen Hornet fully stocked. Ooh, he literally called back on the radio and he said, "This is uh, I forgot uh, the thing. The guy was like a lieutenant colonel, you know. He's like or not lieutenant colonel. He was no what was he? Uh, no, I think he was just a lieutenant. He was a lieutenant with the U S Marine Corps." 
And he said, this lieutenant such and such. He goes, send him up. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, Nobody launched. <laughs> Nobody launched. All right, man. We got to get ready to get out of here. So, all right. So make sure you guys tune in again next week. And uh, we may be having a special guest on air with us. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. It's Paraprobe Radio at Facebook, Paraprobe Radio on Instagram, and just Paraprobe Radio on Twitter. Have a good night. Bye. Remember that, just in case we have a face-to-face and make contact. The title held by me, MIB, means what you think you saw, you did not see. So don't-